All right. Good morning, Destiny family. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, I'm excited to speak to you this morning. For those of you guys who don't know, I am Pastor Chris. I am our executive pastor here at Destiny. And Pastor Lawrence has been talking about living in the light of eternity for the last few weeks. Uh, and I wanted to just take a moment as we jump in. And I want to ask you, anybody ever struggle with seeing the bigger picture? Right? So I'm going to jump right in with the story this morning. I've got two amazing boys and sometimes when we're trying to get things done, to get cleaned up, to go do something, they don't always realize that there are things, responsibilities at home we have to cover before we can go play. Anybody relate? How many adults, let's be honest, like, I understand it, but I don't like it, right? Exactly, okay, so we get it. And my oldest, he's starting to kind of understand, but my youngest, he's still not at all. So like last night, we went to take him and go do something fun as a family. We went to Incredible Pizza, had a great time. But first, we had to clean the house. Everybody's favorite chore, right? So my youngest, I'm like, hey, go clean your room. And when we get this done, we'll go do something else. Well, like an hour and a half later, he's still sort of cleaning his room. There's like a small section that's been picked up. The one he's sitting in arm's length of. And I finally came up I'm like, okay, look. You got five minutes to get this done, or we can't go do the other things that we have. Okay, Dad. I'm like, no, like, you're not following me. We've got bigger things to do, but you've got to get this done first. Ultimately, we got it clean. It was fine. But how many of you ever feel like that in your own life? Like, okay, God, fine, I'll do this. I guess I'll get this done. Anybody? See, this is the thing. Once we got done with the work, and he found out what the play was going to be, he was super excited. But he didn't want to do the work to get to the play. How many of you realize both of those are vitally important to the way we live our life? We've got to do the work, but we've got to make time for the play. See, this is the thing that I want to talk to you about this morning, is there are seasons, there are pieces, there are steps in life. And so often, we don't like certain pieces, but if you remove them from the puzzle, you're left incomplete. Now, I want to talk to you about some guys. I love this story. I think these guys are amazing. There are three men in the Bible that I love to talk about. How many of you guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Anybody, right? So I want to jump there. Uh, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel 3. Uh, we're going to start reading it, uh, at verse 16, but I want to give you a little bit of backstory. So what's going on here? King Nebuchadnezzar, he's made an idol. He's made a decree. You've got to bow, worship every time the music plays. Everybody bows. Everybody worships. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they've got a little bit of favor with the king, right? They were kidnapped, uh, taken as kids, and then they grew up. They were given... All of these things, and they're actually at this point put in places of authority over Babylon as leaders helping the king, right? So let's pick up on verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves to you. If we, if we are thrown into a blazing furnace for God who we serve is able to save us, he will rescue us from, the, from your power and your majesty. Pause right there. These guys serve the king. They understand the authority of the king. You with me? What is the very first statement they say when the king's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You've got to bow when I say to bow. 
Did y'all catch it? Because talk about some confidence. Talking, like I can't even imagine standing face to face with the most powerful authority on earth for them at that moment. We don't need to defend ourselves to you. <laughs> what? Like think about that for a minute. Whoever you would put in that position, whether you're standing in front of the president, whether you're standing in front of a judge, wherever you're at, and they hold your fate in their hand, you're going to answer to me for this. I don't need to answer for you. I don't answer to you. I want to pause here for just a moment because I want you guys to understand there are reports that are going to come in your life. There are situations that come in your life, and we have a choice every time a situation, a circumstance comes up in our life. We either bow to that circumstance or we stand and look it in the face and we say, we don't answer to you. There are so many things that come up in life. Your family, how many of you have ever been doing things right? I've been, I've been in my Bible. I've been really pursuing God. I'm trying to do things the best I can, and then out of nowhere, Family problems, marriage problems, bad doctor's report, something goes on in your work. Anybody relate? That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in right here. They had had favor. They had had things. They were doing things right, and out of nowhere, they're standing in front of the king. You're going to bow or you're going to die. I don't answer to you. What situations are you facing in your life? Just because you're doing everything right, when something comes up, please hear me, that doesn't mean God's mad at you. Just because something bad goes on in your life does not mean God's mad at you and he is punishing you. But you do have a choice to make in that moment. Do you bow to your situation or do you look your situation in the face and say, I don't answer to you? Because what they said following it, it wasn't an arrogance. It wasn't a pride. I love what they say. Verse 17, you can throw us into a blaming furnace, but the God we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power and your majesty. Verse 18, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you. We will never serve your gods or worship the, God, the golden statue that you've set up. Let me make it clear. I don't answer to you. And if that didn't make it abundantly clear, I don't care if things go the way I want them to or not. I'm still not going to bow to what you say I need to bow to in my life. There is a confidence in who they are and who their God is that I admire so much when I read this. I want in my life to be able to look at the situations and circumstances that I face and say, I don't answer to you. They go on. What do you do? Like, as the king, what do you do in that situation? 19, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered that the strongest men of the army bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up. They threw them in the furnace, fully clothed, garments, robes, everything. I love this, but verse 24, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed, didn't we throw men in, three men into the fire? Yes, your majesty, verse 25, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound wandering around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth one looks like God. I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't know what you're facing. 
I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your circumstance is. But sometimes things come up in our life, and we're like, God, I just don't know if I can go any farther than this. I don't know that I can push beyond where I'm at. I don't know that I can comp- accomplish anything beyond this because life is too hard right now. Anyone ever feel that way? You have a decision to make. You're going to bow to your situation, or you can say, I don't answer to you. Because the God that I serve is bigger than the situation that I'm facing. That doesn't mean your situation is going to be easy. This isn't an easy situation. But what happened? Anybody ever, okay, God, I'm going to declare the word over my life. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to go where you've called me to go. I'm going to do this thing. And the next day, your situation hadn't changed. And the next day, your situation hasn't changed. And the next week, your situation hasn't changed. Can anybody relate? What happened? They stood up and they said, no, we know our God and I'm not going to bow to you. I don't answer to you. And what happened? Okay. Make the fires hotter. You hear me? Some of the things you're facing in your life are because you decided not to bow. So the devil said, okay, I'm going to make the fire hotter. Okay. Take your strongest men and go bind them up because we're going to throw them in the fire and we're going to prove their God's not going to be there. That's what's going on in this situation. Their faith, did, did they ever run? No, they were bound. They stood before king and said, we don't bow to you. They were stood up. They were taken to the fire. And here's where it gets good. Because I mean, you guys know, like right now, like, there's some things to shout to, but th- there's still a lot of fire and a whole lot of I'm about to die. Let's be honest for a minute. Let's be honest for a minute, because in life, there's a whole lot of I feel like I'm about to die that we go through. Let's stop sugarcoating it. You follow Jesus and everything's going to be perfect. No, you follow Jesus. There's going to be opposition to some of the things that face in your life. You follow Jesus and you're going to have great times. You're going to have horrible times. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Why? Because we're human and we live in a fallen world. Let's stop trying to act like everything's going to be perfect just because we follow Jesus. The thing is, Jesus is never going to leave you when the things get bad. And see, this is what I love about this portion of Scripture because when they're thrown in the fire, the men who bound them were killed by the fire. The moment they were thrown in the fire, what did did Nebuchadnezzar say? Didn't we throw three bound men in the fire? Why are there four unbound walking around? God, why am I going through this hard time right now? Why are things going so wrong in my life? Because the thing that binds you can't withstand the fire that God's walking you through. Sometimes the very thing you're walking through is not to make you have this pressure that's unbound that you can't handle. It's to refine you. It's to take you to a deeper place. The things that bound them, that held them, were burnt off when they were in the fire because the presence of God was there with them and it surrounded them and it kept them. When they came out of the fire, they said, these guys don't smell like smoke. They're not even singed. You want to know the best testimony you can ever give somebody is here's the hell that I walk through. Now God can carry you through the same. So many times we sit back and we're like, God, why am I walking through this whole thing? So you can be a testimony to who God is. It's so that God's glory can be shown in the middle of this. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God's doing a bunch of bad stuff to you just so that he can look good. But I am saying that everything that goes wrong in your life, God will use for his purpose and his glory if you'll allow him to. We've got to be really careful. 
Because it would be great if it was just all easy. But how many of you guys know no great story ever started with I was just sitting quietly on the couch? It didn't. Most great stories start with watch this. Right? Watch what I'm about to do. Now, uh, tell the truth. Now, there's something I want to point out about this, because nobody says watch this for something they know they can't do. There's a level of faith they have that they're going to accomplish what they're set out to do. Some of y'all need to hear me because you're walking through some stuff right now and you're like, God, what are you trying to show off in this in the middle of this? He's showing off his glory, his power that he can bring you through it if you don't ever let go. And he's walking you through something. He's refining you through this process. He is burning off the things that hold you through this process. As long as we continue to bring ourselves back to him and we keep our perspective right and we keep our heart right and we keep walking on, we keep pressing on. He's going to walk you through whatever you're facing. He's going to take you through anything. But the thing I love so much about this story is they knew their God with such a confident authority. Do we carry that in our own life? Are we so confident in who our God is that when we face everything, including certain death, we can say, I don't answer to you? Because when I read that, it, I'm just going to be honest with you. That challenges me. Like, I don't I mean, I want to be like, yeah, I, mm, I hope. <laughs> I think it's okay for us to say, I, I don't know that my faith is there. Then I need to get it there. See, the thing is, they knew who they were. They were not defined by their circumstance. We're defined by our purpose, by his purpose. Some of y'all need to hear me. We are not defined by our circumstance. We are defined by his purposes. What is it God created you for? It's not about what you're walking through right now. It's about what he created you for. It's bigger than what you're walking through right now. There is always a bigger picture. What I'm in right now might be tough. Anybody... Ever heard one of these messages and you're like, I mean, what I'm in right now is really pretty good. Life's great at the moment. You know, I used to sit and I would hear people talk about this. I'm like, I mean, I can't really relate. I'm on town of what's on Instagram. I mean, I'm, life's good at the moment, right? You know what I would find out? Like two, three weeks later, something go wrong. I'm like, man, I really wish I paid attention to that message. Right? Why? Because life is this. It's good. It's bad. It's up. It's down. It's because God's creating this beautiful symphony out of your life. And if it was just one level, it'd be boring. Anybody remember the Clear Eyes commercial? Right? Clear eyes. You have dry eyes. Get clear eyes. Red eyes. Right? Like, it's horrible. Nobody wants that. It's like a 10-second commercial, and people are already trying to throw their TV out the window. It's horrible. Why? Because it's right here. But so often we're like, man, God, if you just make my life just easy, let's just make it right here. It'd be boring. It'd be horrible. No, we've got highs. We've got lows. Why? Because we live in a world where God is taking everything that comes at you. And he is painting this beautiful picture. He is creating a symphony out of your life if we'll allow him to. In fact, 1 Peter 1.7 says this. These have come. So that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, I watched this. I'm going to say it was interesting. I didn't go like, I didn't like see it one day and think, this is cool. I'm going to watch it like I was preparing for this message. And I, then I discovered it was interesting. Uh, but the refining process for gold. Like I found this. 
show or channel on YouTube, and they were talking about how gold was originally refined, like back before we had all the things that we have today. And I thought it was really interesting because what they would do is they would just take the natural element and they would heat it and burn it and heat it until it liquefied, and then they would remove impurities, and they would dump it in the water. They would scoop it out and dump it in water. Then they would drain the water, and they would take what's left, and they would heat it, and they would refine it, and liquefy it again, remove the impurities, and dump it back in water. And they did this process probably five times before they finally got to this beautiful gold coin that you could just look, I mean, it just shined. We often want our life to shine, but we don't want to go through the fire it takes to get there. See, I love this depiction because it wasn't the fire got heated up, and it was refined, and it was done, and we had this beautiful piece of gold left. It was refined, and impurities were removed. And then what was left was refined, and impurities were removed. Then what was left was refined, and impurities were removed. It's a process. We are always growing. Anybody ever get to a point where you're like, I've made it. I've got no more sin to conquer. Nothing else is wrong in my life. I didn't think so. Anybody ever feel like you just jumped from one fire to the next in your life? Yeah, congratulations. That means you just got refined and you're on step level two. You got refined and you're on stage three. You got refined and you're on stage four. You are further along in the process than you were when you started. I know you feel like you haven't gotten anywhere because you're still in the fire, but hear me, there have been impurities that have been pulled every time you're getting heated. We've got to understand there is something that God is doing in your life, and he is refining you to make you look more and more like him each and every time. See, the thing about this that I thought was so beautiful was every time it was heated, they would scoop it out and dump it in water. See, the Bible references the word as water often. In fact, Ephesians 5:26 says this, they've been cleansed by washing of the water of by washing in the water of the word. When hear me, when you're heated and life starts falling apart and you're being refined, how do you stay stable in the middle of that situation? You go back to the Word of God and what the Word of God said about you, what the Word of God says about your situation, because it's the Word of God that sustains you in the time of purification. Every time you're being refined, we need to come back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about this doctor's report? What does the Word of God say about my marriage? What does the Word of God say about my family? What does the Word of God say about my health? What does the Word of God say about my job? Every time life heats you up, stop trying to run away and start running to the Word because it's the water of the Word that will sustain you. Trials in life weren't meant to define you. They were meant to refine you. So often we look at stuff like, but that moment in my life, that moment in your life was more significant than you could ever imagine to who God's creating you to be. If you'll allow him to use that moment to refine you instead of using that moment to define you. 
It's all about allowing our perspective to get in the right place. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we continue to come back to a place of who God's created us to be? We continue to come back to the word of God in our life so that we can see a bigger picture. There is such a beautiful picture that God is painting, and you are a part of that picture if we allow ourselves to be. If we can allow ourselves to sit back and be who God's created us to be and do what God has called us to do. Our confidence doesn't come through the situation that we're facing. Our confidence begins to come through the fact that God has a bigger picture in mind. God, I don't want to clean my room right now. That's okay. Clean it because there's a bigger picture that I'm trying to take you to, but you've got to finish this task before I can give you the bigger one. God is enlarging you. He is bringing something about in your life, but it comes through refining. I wish it was easy. Man, I wish it was easy. Can I be honest for a minute? But it's not always easy, but it's always worth it. See, you go back to that refining process. And that raw material in the very beginning, it has value. But if I give you a chunk of rock with gold in it, how many of you would be excited? I mean, you'll take it, right? But if I gave you a bag of gold coins, how many of you are like, I mean, I'd be a lot more excited about that than the shiny rock, right? Why? Because once it's been refined, the value has been increased. The refining process of your life is not to define you by your past, but it's to refine you to bring greater and greater value to who you are and who he is in you. But it's a process. How many of you guys ever just like, I, I mean, I get that. I understand the process, but can we just have some peace from the process for a moment? Right? Like, let's be honest. Here's where peace doesn't come through the absence of problems. It comes through the presence of a Savior. See, when, the, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fire, they weren't burned. That doesn't mean they weren't bound. It doesn't mean they weren't thrown into the fire. They weren't burned. Why? Because the Savior showed up in the middle of the fire with them. Some of y'all need to hear me right now because you feel like you're in the fire, you're bound, you're burning, and you don't know where you're going to go with this. The presence of God was there before they ever got in the fire. See, once they were thrown in, Nebuchadnezzar saw, and he said, suddenly, he jumped up, and there, but there's four people, right? Once they were in the fire. But did you catch, when they were thrown into the fire, who died? The, the captain, the people who were with them. The people who were trying to throw them in the fire were burned up. Were they harmed? Were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego harmed? No, but the people who were with them were. See, you need to understand. God was preserving them long before they got in the fire. When they got to the fire, his presence was already around them. He was moving before anyone else could see it. He, was, he had positioned them before it was visible to anybody else. Some of you guys are waiting for your Nebuchadnezzar moment. I see Jesus. Some of you need to realize things are falling off to the right and to the left because he's right there with you. You haven't got in the fire yet, but he hasn't completely left you. He's positioned you for where he's going to take you. He has positioned you 
so that when you get in the fire, your life doesn't fall apart, so that when you get in the fire, the people around you who wouldn't be saved because they're not going to walk into this church service, because they wouldn't be saved because they're not going to go listen to a podcast, but they'll look at your life, and when it looks like it's on fire, they'll see Jesus in the middle of it. I got to breathe for a minute. (laughs) There's so many times we just want it to be easy. You're more valuable than that. I want you to remember when things get hard, and you're like, God, but why? It's because you're more valuable than that. Because he's refining you to be something more. He's refining you, bringing more value. He's refining you. The ropes that bound you See, those things, are, they're burning off to take you to another place. The things that held you, the things that limit you, the things you're walking through right now are to move you beyond those very things. In fact, you can see it throughout Scripture. God always will, drag, will take you through a testing place where that that was chasing you can't follow you. The children of Israel parted the water. They crossed the water. Why? Because that that was chasing them wasn't going to be able to make it through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were bound. They were thrown in the fire, but their captors were burned up. Their bounds were burned up. Everything around them was burnt except for them. See, there's some things in your life that God's trying to burn up around you that sometimes it takes the pressures of life, the fires of life for us to realize we need to lose that weight so that we can go on and be who God's called us to be. Anybody ever realize when things get real tough, for some reason, we have a lot more time to pray? Maybe that's just me. But I've had days where it's like, man, I just didn't get time to read my Bible today. Man, today was just so busy. And then my life falls apart, and I got hours to pray. I'm canceling a point. I'm canceling whatever. Like, I need to pray. God, I need you in this moment. Stop waiting till fires are so strong that we are screaming out for God to be in this moment. Let's have enough that that we're able to come in, we're able to press in, and we spend our time in the Word every day when we're not on fire so that when we're faced with opposition, we say, I don't bow to you. I don't have to answer to you because I know who my God is. If I could get the worship team to start coming back up. So I want to ask you this morning. I believe... That God is taking us somewhere as a church that we have never been. I believe God is doing that through taking us somewhere that we have never been as a people. So here's my question for you this morning. Are you allowing the trials that you're walking through to define you? Or are you allowing the trials that you're walking through to refine you? Because if we're not careful... We'll start using those as defining moments of my past. And this, see, when this happened, you remember when this happened? That's why I'm the way I am today. I mean, I know I've got anger problems, but if you knew what I dealt with as a kid, that's why I'm there today. Right? Well, I've got, I know I have marital problems, but see, I've been cheated on in the past, so that's why I am the way I am today. Don't use the situations of your past to define and make an excuse for who you're trying to be today. Let the situations you walk through be refined in your life so that you can bring about the presence of God in a way where when people look at you, well, why are you not this way? Because Jesus is right here in the fire with me. See, 
I found, last thing, I found really interesting about this story. I don't know about you, but I feel like if I was bound, if I was thrown into the fire, the moment I hit the ground and my ropes burnt off and I was alive and the people who threw me in were dead, I would be running out of the fire. I mean, anybody else, like, legit, like, they hit the ground, like, I made it. I'm gone. What did Nebuchadnezzar say? Are, are there four men walking around in the fire unbound? See, a lot of times we look at our trials and we look at the things that we're facing in life and we're like, God, why would you put me through this? And some of the times he's looking at you saying, this is the closest I've been to you in a long time. See, and when we can stop looking at our trial and we can start looking at our Savior in the middle of that moment, the fire that seemed so horrible before we were in it doesn't seem quite so bad in the moment because we're standing arm in arm with our Savior. Because all of a sudden the bigger picture is clear. And they never ran. They didn't come out of the fire until Nebuchadnezzar called them out. What kind of situation have you ever faced in your life that it's got bad, but I'm just going to hang out here for a minute because this is where I'm real close to Jesus. He stayed until Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, come here. And I mean, it doesn't say this, but it's how I read it. They strolled out with the same authority and confidence. Yeah, what you need? What y'all doing in there? Yeah, remember I told you I don't answer to you. I answer to him. So here's what I want to ask. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. If you're facing a situation right now and you feel like you're in the fire and you need this morning to change your perspective you're no longer going to be defined by the fires of life but you're going to choose to be refined by them and you're going to rehearse your God I want you to raise your hand I want to pray for you thank you thank you thank you thank you anybody else thank you thank you anybody else Thank you. Thank you. God, I pray right now for every person who lifted their hand. God, I pray that right now at this moment, they would know that you have never left them, that you have never walked away from them, that you are right there in their situation, God, that you are preparing them for what they're walking through. You are preparing them for the things that they are facing. God, I pray right now we would begin to see you before anyone else can see you because we know our God. I pray there'd be a confidence, there would be a courage that they would walk in this morning as we walk out of these doors to carry the authority of God in our life no matter what we face because our God is bigger than our problem. In Jesus' name, amen. Got one last verse for you. Deuteronomy 31.6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you he will never fail you or abandon you. I just want to encourage you, whatever you raise your hand for, whatever you're facing this morning, be strong and courageous. Your God didn't leave you. He's right there with you. You may not see it at the moment, but the things that were around you, they're falling off. They're burning off this morning because he's taking you somewhere.
Your action point for the week. We got these ropes. They're on the communion table in the back. There's little bowls of them. I want you to grab one on your way out. Stick it in your pocket. Carry it this week. Whenever life gets hard, whenever something hard comes at you, just reach in your pocket, grab your rope. And remember, what I'm facing isn't to define me, but I've got something being burned off right now. What bound me is being tested, but I'm going to let God be shown in whatever I'm facing. Carry that rope with you this week. Allow Jesus to be what people see when they see you tested this week. So I want to I ask you, let's all stand together. Let's take a moment. And let's worship the God who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. No matter what we're walking through, he's with us. Let's give him praise. See, a lot of times we come in and we start to worship and we're like, God, show up in this place today. That implies there was a moment he wasn't here. God, make us more aware of you in this place today. Make us more aware of you in our situation. Make us more aware of you in our family, in our marriages, in our life. God, make us more aware of you this morning. And I want to ask you, let's worship and let's be more aware of the God of the universe that's in this room today.